The Sun Belt is is a hotbed really for a lot of operators. I do have Columbus, Ohio, which is <laughs> I, I didn't actually suspect that I would go there, but when I got this opportunity with an incredible operator, I uh, I looked into the market and it's Columbus is like one of the fifth fastest growing cities in the, the country. So it's like, well, well okay, <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, so I, I'm kind of agnostic to places. I, I do kind of draw my line at, at small towns. All right. Welcome to Real Estate Hustlers Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Appleman, founder and CEO of Appleman Capital. Today, we are joined with Flint Jameson. Flint is a ex-aerospace engineer known for his work on Boeing 787s, uh, turned real estate investor, founded Verstus Capital to guide others on wealth growth through commercial properties. Flint, we're excited to have you on the show today. If you could let the listeners know a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. Glad you're having me. Happy New Year, by the way. We're recording this in early january 2024 it's a new Absolutely. year it's gonna be a good year yeah um yeah as you mentioned aerospace i did that for 20 years i designed most notably the 787 i got a picture back here behind me uh designed wing structure and then after that i modified aircraft for the air force i can't show those pictures uh but i jumped into real estate in 2018 bought a duplex found out doing the, the residential side of things wasn't going to get me anywhere fast and discovered commercial real estate, teamed up with people. And here we are. I've, I'm now 2000 units in my portfolio. I don't know. I quit counting because at some point it's a vanity metric, but yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's incredible. What, um, what inspired you to get out, go over from aerospace to, uh, to real estate? Was there a, uh, just a, a mind shift or what happened there? <laughs> uh yeah diving in on that i i mean i was i was really looking for a better way to invest my money uh and i i tried to get smarter in the stock market but then i just i, I realized how much i hated the volatility of the stock market how much it's not driven by reality it's more driven by human emotion uh, i use the the classic example of elon musk buys twitter and the tesla stock tanks He's like, well, Tesla didn't lose its revenue overnight. They're still manufacturing the same number of cars and selling. So it's like, uh, I needed to find a better way. And then you start researching what the rich do. And real estate has always been a staple. You always hear about people who have a ton of real estate portfolio that's giving them income. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go there. And that's kind of what got me down that road. Yeah, and um, and going from for, for the duplex, it was uh, the passive revenue stream. But finding out it's it's much more. I'm sure you found out it's much more active than passive when you go out and buy your uh, piece of real estate. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, when you buy your first house, especially if it's residential, uh, you're taking on a job. Yeah. I mean, even if you have property manager in place, you you have such a learning curve. And then at some point, maybe you can build out your systems, and it becomes maybe lesser of a job, but yeah, I like commercial real estate more the team. Yeah. Larger you get, uh, you can have different, um, jo job duties, uh, delegated to, to much more higher caliber people and everyone just focuses on their swim lane and, and the property performs. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. economies and of economies scale. of scale. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So tell us about your, um, you went from a duplex. What was the, uh, what was the next move? The, the next move ended up, uh, 
Well, so I tried to buy a 23 unit with some, some other friends. That was our first syndication. We had to back out of that deal before we closed. Um, so my, my first official next deal was a hundred unit apartment complex. So technically I went from a duplex to a hundred unit. So when people out there think, I, I'm going to, I better start small. You don't necessarily have to start small. You just have to find the right partnership and jump in. And even as a passive investor, you just jump into a deal that makes sense to you and a property that makes sense to you, location and, and right, the right operators. There's the sky's the limit there. You don't need so, to, to build yourself up to it. So for beginning beginner real estate investors, how do they know what makes a good deal or what not? How did you how did you get your yourself to to be able to tell uh, what makes sense and what doesn't going from a duplex to a hundred unit. I feel like we're missing, we're missing the, uh, the yeah, learning yeah. curve. You, you're right. There is a learning curve. And so this is where, when people say it's purely passive, it's, it's not, you need to educate yourself. But, and first, okay. I want to talk about the stock market again, really quick. It's societal norms have taught us that we could just go shove money in a stock market, put it in an ETF or index fund and let it ride and put a 40 year long bet that it's going to pay off. Um, when you jump into real estate, you really need to educate yourself. This is where it's not passive. You have to at least invest in yourself to educate yourself. An investment doesn't have to be like a huge monetary thing. You can just listen to podcasts. You can buy a book. And that's really where I came into it is I watch my dog every night and I listen to podcasts galore. And then eventually I took another step uh, and it, to go active, to become an active syndicator myself, I paid for some courses to learn more of the ins and outs. But from a passive investor standpoint, I think the first step you need to take is, I mean, there's a book, there's a great book called The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke. He basically spells it all out there for you as a passive investor. And then you get to know some operators, get to know a bunch of operators, Start seeing example deals or past deal decks. You'll learn a ton and you may be able to move forward fairly quickly. You don't need to educate yourself for years to get there. You can probably do it in months. Yeah. And then there's there's guys like you, like you, Flint, who you vet the sponsors, you vet the deals, you make sure that they're they're good deals or solid deals. The uh, sponsors, sponsorship team is uh, experienced and they can, um, they can execute on the business plan and, and then people can come and, and join next to you to get into those deals. So it's kind of a yeah. express way there. Yeah. Yeah. So a quick plug on myself. Thanks. Thanks for that. Um, I, so as we were talking, this is a team effort when you go and basically fix and flip apartment buildings or you get into development, there's a huge team of people. And part of that team is to raise capital. And I found myself serendipitously raising capital and partnering with experienced operators who have the experience. And what I really like is I can bring my friends, family, and myself to operators who have that track record, but I can also be uh, diversified where you want to invest with the person who's doing Dallas Fort Worth for the last five, 10 years, and they know that market inside and out. But if they're the only operator, you know, you're investing in Dallas Fort Worth and that's it. Like a class B Dallas Fort Worth. And that's all you're investing in where I, I kind of travel. I, I go around the country with different operators, different asset classes, right? Doing new development, doing class A, class B. It's, it, it's, it's a fun diversification.
So I was going to ask, what, what areas are you all only on the Sun Belt, or is there specific areas that you like to more the most? What are you looking for? Uh, I mean, yeah, the Sun Belt is is a hotbed really for a lot of operators. I do have Columbus, Ohio, which is <laughs> I I didn't actually suspect that I would go there, but when I got this opportunity with an incredible operator, uh, I looked into the market, and it's Columbus is like one of the fifth fastest growing cities in the, the country. So it's like, well, well okay, <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, so I, I'm kind of agnostic to places. I, I do kind of draw my line at, at small towns. I typically stay away from those. Yeah, it, and, and that's just tertiary markets are, they, they could be a path of progress, uh, but it can take years and years to get there. And it's, uh, you might not see those gains for it depends on how long the horizon is on the uh, on the business plan, but you might not see the fruit of the labor for a ten year, say a ten year horizon on on tertiary. Um, yeah, I'm located here out of uh, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, and and the tertiary markets are great. So you have Cincinnati, and then you step outside a few uh, few miles, and you've got land and everything else, and it's a great great place to invest. But lots of uh, paths of progress as well. Yeah. Um, so tell us about you went on your hundred unit deal or you you found a hundred unit deal. Tell us about how that process went. So you went from a duplex to a hundred unit. Tell us about the uh, the first large purchase and and uh, maybe lessons learned. Uh, yeah. So that I mean, gosh, there's so many lessons. Um, it, let's 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 rewind that tape. When I did that, was attempting to do that twenty three unit. We learned a ton, you know, and there's, I think Michael Blanc always says the, uh, what is it? The first deal is, oh, now I'm forgetting his, his statement, but oh, the law of the first deal, when you get that first deal, everything else comes. We didn't complete that first deal, but I still got, I call it the law of the half deal. And it skyrocketed me because one, I learned a lot of hard knocks off of that, that I considered a failure. We backed out. And one of the things that, that we failed at was, was bringing in capital. And so I immediately turned around and I got a coach, learned how to, to raise capital. And because I did that very thing and I had been networking for the prior year, I put myself in a position to be able to, to jump on to that specific deal. I got invited onto that deal because I was proving that I was putting in the effort and I was capable of, of doing it. So um, part of it is just always taking action and never back out. Yes, you're going to, you're going to fail, but that's part of progress. Yeah. It's like digging the well before you need to water that way it's, it's there. And then you just wait to execute on the opportunity and, and things fall in place. Yep. And um, you mentioned a coach. I mean, that is, that is massive mentors, coaches, performance coaches, uh, accountability partners. Uh, they can they can be used for sure as rocket fuel to propel yourself to the next level. Leveling up, I mean, that's the biggest piece. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Cody Sanchez always says, uh, borrow someone else's ten thousand hours. Yeah, that's it, it, they say uh, ten thousand hours become an expert in the in that field or niche. And yeah, if you can, and uh, there's another one. Not it's not uh, it's not how it's who. So that's uh, yeah. that kind of is a mind shift as well. It's who, who can we put in place to get the uh, get the goal done? It's um, especially in operations. Uh, multifamily is a team game. You've got to have people in order for, for it to work. It's a it's a it's an operating business. It's not uh, one person does it all. So it's who is best suited for each 
each role that needs to be done and um, ultimately make sure the property's running optimal. Um, so the hundred, the hundred unit comes, you guys are successful. You've closed it. Um, what was, what was after that? What was the business plan? Like, was it value add renovations? What, uh, yeah, that was a, that's, that was your standard run of the mill. It was like a class C plus B minus, uh, now it's a solid class B renovated it. Um, we got that in 20, uh, closed on at February 22. So very quickly after that, like six months later, the economy started doing its thing. Yeah, I mean, just like everyone else, uh, I, I'm thankful that all my assets are in a very solid position, despite yeah. what the economy and interest rates and even bridge loans, we have caps in place, we're still sitting healthy, uh, but it's been a heck of a learning experience. And it is, it's a grind. You gotta, you gotta rely on a very strong team to make sure the assets in a, economic times like this are still healthy. And what's interesting is we've been, we've actually gotten third party uh, feedback in that, if this is Augusta, Georgia, that our property is actually running a lot healthier than many of the other properties in the area. And it's because we just have a team in place has just so much grit to keep it running forward. Yeah. And it, it, it comes down to business principles and, and acumen and, and knowing um, how a business should run and actually how to purchase a business to begin with. A lot of groups purchased at a, um, at a basis that was a future value and going in as a negative cash flow. And fortunately we're, we couldn't agree with, with, uh, uh purchase prices uh, for the past two years. So we were very conservative, bought right. Um, assets that we did purchase were at a great basis and performing very well. So we're, let's say we've got definitely alignment there for sure. Um, and that, and then that gets us into the opportunity of, uh, 2024, 2025, what do you foresee the markets doing and where do you see real estate heading? I mean, I think, uh, the consensus is, is probably consistent across the board. There's, there's a big sigh of relief coming in because the fed saying that interest rates are going to start dropping. That doesn't mean it's going to get easy. I think it's just going to be a relief for existing assets that are struggling with some interest rates. Um, there's going to be more opportunities on the market, but we're also going to see a shift in the prices going up with the interest rates going down. So it's, I think it's still going to be, uh, an acquisition challenge, but I think from an operating standpoint, if you are on a variable debt, if there's going to be some relief. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, uh, being an election year and all the other turbulence, political mm. and geo, it's it's hard to uh, pinpoint exactly where and if a black swan event's going to come. Well, yeah, uh, you're right. It, yeah, this is where the crystal ball, my crystal ball's been broken for a while. I, I think the, the turmoil of an election will cause havoc, but I don't know that it's, we're invested in multifamily. It's, a, it's the basic human need of shelter. So, I don't know that the change of a presidency or not is going to largely affect how people are living. And if the interest rates come down, I think it's just going to alleviate. So I, my, me being optimistic, if there's political turmoil, it's not going to affect how, how we're, we're doing our business as we're doing our business now. Yeah, I agree. I, it's a, um, it's, it's a safe haven for sure. 
it's not like you had alluded to the stock market where you see erratic total erratic upswings and downswings up 300 points down 400 up 500 yeah, the stock market rides with the political turmoil but hopefully uh people an emotional roller coaster <laughs> so the uh you're now sitting in um you're in partnerships in over 2000 doors you go from a duplex to 100 doors to 2000 tell us more about your journey because it's it's i'm sure super interesting to a lot of listeners on on how they can get there and, and do the same yeah um so it's interesting after that 100 unit i immediately well, immediately like two months later created a fund of funds to jump in on a portfolio of three properties and that was i think that was 600 units um so it, taking this from a mindset perspective going from oh wow cool i just jumped in on this deal and I raised some capital for a hundred unit. And then I get into this fund of fund, which is a totally, it's a different structure into a portfolio property. I'm now like the main guy running a fund of fund helping. It, it's just at that point in time, had I closed when we closed on that hundred unit and you would have told me, Hey, you're now going to open a fund of fund and raise a whole bunch of money to go in on a portfolio deal. I would have been like, nah, you're crazy. But this is where my coaches came in. And to be honest, it's my coaches that I partnered with because it just came up in a conversation. Hey, we're going to do this and we're open to fund the funds. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's doable. And then I, I jumped in and it, it totally was doable. And I did it. I, bought, I brought other uh, industry friends along. They jumped in on my fund to fund. We raised a whole bunch of capital. So this, it comes down to just just take action. There's a great quote. It's the, the quickest way to succeed is to start now and figure it out as you go. You can't learn to drive in a parked car. So I got in that car. There was a lot of lessons learned, but it's good. Yeah, we made some mistakes, but nothing, nothing that's super bad. Yeah, it's, I, our investors are doing well. The fun to fun structure is phenomenal. Um, just the way that you can you can leverage different assets and and have a blended return and um, invest along the other side and, and multiple assets. Um, what uh, what kind of investors are you after? Is it retail investors, family offices? What are you all targeting? Oh man, I, I wish I had some family offices for some some big, big dollar. Uh, no, they're, they're all retail investors. My, my typical investor are engineering leaders. Nice. Whatever engineering world, I mean, that's where I come from, aerospace. Yeah. I talk the same language. Uh, engineers are typically skeptical. Uh, we're trained to be, to be well, especially in aerospace. Yeah, like you have you always have people double checking your work, and when it comes to investments, you're kind of running on your own, trying to make decisions on your own. So I, I help the engineers with the same mentality. This is what we're doing. I try to instill comfort. Here's the numbers, right? They're very number specific people. So I, I really dive into the details as needed. Yeah, it's good. It's like question everything. And yeah, analysis most, paralysis. You got to get past that. The most negative person in the room. But, you know, ultimately it's it keeps you it keeps you safe. You know, it's, yeah. It's, but once but same time, it's it's good. I mean, it's kind of like you create a bubble around yourself and questioning everything you're, you get down if it's a still a good deal if you've killed it mentally then then it's it's going to be a good deal <laughs> it's just the way it goes but i like that i like that a lot and you speak the same language so your your investor profile yeah, matches yeah. with you you specifically and and that works right. um very cool so build the rent um 
I was reading your bio and uh, you've got some interest around bit build a rent. It's a newer asset class. Um, what, tell us a little bit about that. What, what is it? And uh, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I love it. And, and it's an asset class that we're going to see more and more across the U S I mean, we're already seeing a pop up everywhere. Uh, so build to rent is a single family home community. They're, they're starter home size. Uh, if you think about it, you can call it horizontal multifamily. So rather than tenants living in an apartment building, they live in their own single family home or townhouse, and they can have their own little postage stamp size, front yard, backyard with, with all the amenities. It's like class A plus type of property. Uh, but really what it's targeting is right now, the millennials are in their peak family formation years and they're in apartments. They want to move out, but they can't afford a house. So the, the best compromise is these built-to-rent communities where they can still have all these really great amenities and a really nice new house and, and live in something that feels like a house. So, uh, but it's managed with the property manager. So it, it, it's great. Um, the asset class is gaining so much steam. There is so much institutional investments that are targeted to buy these. I think uh, it was this this metric came a couple of years ago, but there was five hundred billion dollars worth of institutional money being targeted towards built to rent communities, but they don't build. So you think like BlackRock, they want to just buy and invest in these communities. So we what we do is we develop it and then sell it to the big investors. Yeah, and I think it's it serves as a um, maybe even a stepping stone and an alternative to a to an apartment or condo. And uh, if you're in between, say you sold your house and you're in between getting your other house built or moving, it can um, it can be a great option. Um, totally new asset class. You see entire neighborhoods being built and essentially just sold as as an entire community. And um, yeah. I think there's, I think you're right. It's going to pick up a ton of steam and um, serve as a, uh, a pretty good purpose. Um, so tell us about some learning lessons that you've learned along the way. That way we can give uh, give some lessons away to the listeners and then. Um, and uh, what you would have done different. I kind of hit on this already, but I, I really want to drive it home. Um, being an engineer myself, I move slowly. I do a lot of research. It took my time. When I should have taken my advice, like going back, if I can tell myself three, four years ago, I tell myself, take action sooner because you're never going to know it all. And you're never going to learn it without taking that step forward. So once again, you're never going to learn without you're never going to learn how to drive a car sitting in a parked car. So take action sooner. Like I could be in a much different space right now. I could be two, maybe two years ahead at the at this point if if I had taken that advice sooner. So take action. Yeah, that's huge. What books would you recommend? Uh, so as I mentioned, I guess for passive investors to learn the, the hands-off investor by Brian Burke is I think a staple from then on it, if you want mindset, I think, um, uh, I have all my books back there. Let's see. Let's talk about. If you want to become a syndicator, Joe Fairless's book is great. I think Hunter Thompson's book is great for yeah. capital raising. Um, oh yeah, no, no, mindset, the go giver. 
it's not has nothing to do with real estate. It's a total, it's a mindset and how to provide value to others. Yeah, and it's all synonymous. You gotta have your mindset with your goals and just mentally there. Be do have. Yeah. It's uh very cool. Very good. Uh, if some if a listener wants to get a hold of you, reach out, learn more about yourself and uh, and your company. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, my company is Vestas Capital. And if you just want to find me really easy, just type in investwithflint.com and you'll take you to me. Nice. I like that. Very cool. We definitely appreciate your time today. Um, I look forward to following you and uh, we'll have all of your show notes and contact information on the uh, on the post going out as well. And uh, we'll certainly talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you.